Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 2. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do what was for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And as and the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him, then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer, night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem, the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Jolyn. God's peace to you all today. <clears throat> I want for a moment to go back a story or two from last Sunday, and as I said in the welcome, it seems like that was weeks ago, doesn't it? Last Sunday, we heard about Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And so as Zechariah and Elizabeth were coming into the temple after John was born, Luke tells us that the community around rejoiced with them and that the people gathered and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord is with him. I love the fact that this community around Zechariah and Elizabeth has this shared joy as this child comes to church. And now we hear that the young parents, Mary and Joseph, 
come and bring the baby Jesus to the temple, and there again, they're not alone. Now it is others around who are part of the community, and we hear today about Simeon and Anna, both are elders who have been waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise to bring forth the Messiah, and they are brought to the temple to be present at this moment and to be joined in community. These well-seasoned people have something that must be spoken. They have something that Mary and Joseph and the others around need to hear. For both John and Jesus and their family, a community surrounds them as they come to the temple, as they come to church. I wonder sometimes, like you, about the future of the church. The Star Tribune has been writing front page articles about the decline, how churches are consolidating and closing, and they are interviewing people, asking them about what is next now that the church will not be like it used to be any longer. The article speaks some truth. We can no longer maintain church as it has been. People rarely rush in the doors in, in droves looking for faith. There are just so many other things vying for time and attention these days. And there are also people who have been hurt by the church not being accepted as they are, or finding a place to be where they are in life with the questions that they are asking. It's a tough business we're in, but then there are people like Simeon and Anna who have just been waiting for something new to emerge, something that tells them that God indeed is doing something new, that God hasn't given up on the world, and that actually church as community is so needed in the flurry of things that beg for our attention. And you know what's so cool? Simeon and Anna are not so interested in just keeping things as they have been. They have been waiting for the revelation of what is on the bubble for God. And it doesn't come with a lot of fanfare. It's a young family coming to adhere to the customs of their faith, the purification of Mary after birth and the circumcision of Jesus. And right there it happens. The fulfillment of God is made known. And Simeon and Anna both sing and speak that this baby now is the fulfillment of what God has been promising they, of course, will not live to see Jesus live out his life. But they have been given a sign that God is not done keeping his promises. I love what Fred Craddock, a preacher, writes. He says, God is doing something new, but it's not really new because hope is always joined to memory. And the new is God keeping an old promise. It really matters what we do here each week. That you came today because you wanted to hear God's story and to receive his grace through the sacraments. It matters who you are and what you bring here. And it really matters that you choose to share yourself 
your story and engage with the community. We need the voices of the old and we need the voices of the new. We each have something to share with each other. And it really does matter that we look ahead and we discern where God is calling us to go and who we are called to meet. Because within all these things lies the newness of what God is doing and the fulfillment of his promise. We have a gift here at Mount Olivet of having this history and a tangible reminder of that chapel and that cemetery about what God has been up to in these past 130 years. But we also have a rich future and an openness about what God will continue to do. One of the things that I was able to do this week was go through some boxes of old things and I found my baby book, and tucked within it was a lot of old papers and memories. One of the things I found was the bulletin from my baptism, April 27th of 1969. I'm not kidding. On the cover it says, God calls pastors through people like you. And the bulletin, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. And the bulletin inside is exactly how you picture it to be, on a typewriter, typewritten font. And it says things like announcements, information on a congregation loyalty dinner, the church softball league will be starting soon, and the invitation of visitors to sign a registration card in the pew rack and place it in the offering plate. I called my mom to get the scoop, and she said, Glenn Holmquist was the guest preacher that day, Beth. He was a previous pastor who had moved on to be the regional counselor for the Commission of Stewardship for the LCA, the Lutheran Church of America. My home church was Augustana Lutheran in West St. Paul, and they were in the midst of a building campaign to fund construction of the larger church building. My mom went on to tell me, in his sermon, he declared, will there be room for Beth Eileen Wilkie in the church someday? I'm not kidding. <laughs> a clear nod to the expected growth that they expect would happen in the decades ahead and the need for people to fund this new building. But I wonder if Glenn Holmquist was also a modern-day Simeon, claiming some fulfillment of how women would soon be able to be ordained in the church. How could he have known that 38 years later, I would be ordained as a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America? Remember, this was 1969, before women were even ordained. Who would have ever known? Don't underestimate what can happen when you build community centered on God's love through Jesus. And don't underestimate your role in trusting in what God has yet to reveal. You are a Simeon or an Anna, or maybe you're a young family coming to worship like Joseph or Mary. 
That is the beauty of community that is built around mundane things like weekly worship and the rituals of faith like baptism and holy communion and confirmations and weddings and funerals. We are drawn back into community and what it means to be a community where we are connected by a promise that God will be about something new. And we're called to reach out beyond ourselves to intersect with each other. It is in the meeting like Simeon or Mary or Anna or Joseph that God is revealed and each person is changed. It is hopeful work, but it's also really difficult. Simeon, in his declaration, speaks to Mary both of blessing and opposition. He says to her, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Not quite the words a new mother wants to hear holding a fresh baby but they are words of truth about what Jesus will usher in. God's word of hope and love for all comes with hardship, struggle, and opposition, but the promise still remains. I can tell you with full truth that my call to be a pastor would not have come without a community who walked alongside of me and how much we need that community, that community that is found in church where we're centered on God's love and what he continues to do. We are held in a promise that God continues to break in to be with us both in the blessing and in the opposition. What will we become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord is with us. May that be a question that we ask and ponder in this year to come. Amen.